Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing international relations between the Ukraine and the UK based on the fintech relationship. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by Misha Rogalski. Misha, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. So Misha is the co-founder of two banking apps, one that's based in the Ukraine in Monobank, and one that's based here and is for UK citizens in Koto. So Misha, would you be able to just give us a brief breakdown of those two companies? And then we'll get into uh, the main discussion that we're going to be looking at here, uh, which is obviously fintech relationship between the Ukraine and uh, and the UK. So tell us a little bit about Monobank and Koto. Yeah, sure, sure. So basically, uh, both Monobank and Koto address the same a need, need for good financial service with uh, lending uh, capabilities. And the main drive for us to create Monobank four years ago was this realization that banks, they are like uh, necessary evil. Uh, no one likes them. They just can be accepted as, as, as something you have to deal with. And we wanted to create the bank that people would love. And that's how we started Monobank. And with Koto is a similar idea here is we want to use all the experience and technology we have developed in Ukraine, developing this uh, better successful Monobank and to use all, all the assets and all the experience to address a bit of underserved market here who rely on credit from, from encumbered banks uh, and they are not getting the service that you would expect in 2021 with great mobile app, with great customer service, with all the digital features that we all now use in our current accounts. By but credit cards, they are a bit behind in that journey. Okay, fa- fantastic. So that's a good introduction there in into your yourself and uh, the companies you've. Um, co-founded. So we're recording this podcast actually in FinTech Week here in London. And, and you're here in particular to discuss um, the relationship between the, the Ukraine and the UK uh, on a technological uh, basis. So you're obviously going to be uh, quite active within FinTech Week. Would you be able to just give us a sort of brief um, breakdown Misha, of what you're going to be discussing and, and, and touching on and what, and what really brings you here to this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, uh, I've been invited to participate in, uh, uh, in a discussion panel on UK-Ukraine fintech uh, relationship. Uh, and I'm uh, fortunate enough to, I think, to be one of the handful of people who can talk on both sides of that uh, discussion. Uh, having experience on, on, on doing the same thing in Ukraine and UK. Fantastic. So, let, I mean, let's get into that now because that's that's why uh, you're on the podcast today. So, 
I mean, let, let's just start off really with with Monobank here. Um, you know, to the, the Ukrainian uh, app and uh, mobile banking apps. I mean, what what really sort of drove you to to establish Monobank initially, Misha? So, as I said in my uh, intro, we as as the founding group, we were strong believers that the bank could be different. That Banks could be fun, banks could be joyful, but also we are very serious on the things that that matters for the customers. Uh, we have uh, one of the best customer support you could ever have in in any service in any in any business, and we invest a lot in in customer service. We we taking very serious thing that uh, everything that concerns customer safety and, and data safety and, and, and uh, safeguarding of the, of the money, uh, which is important. And uh, this, this combination of being experienced and, uh, and serious with things that matters, but also leave the uh, room for, for a joke or for, for laughter. That's uh, that's the idea we, we took when we created the, the bank. So from just having a quick look around, you've got 1.5 million users. In oh, there. no, you have, Johnson, you have an uh, old data. <laughs> we oh. have, we have almost almost 4, 4 million customers. Right sorry, now. sorry. <laughs> so, yes, there's an old, old data. Have this. You've got 4 million. It's obviously huge growth rates there. I mean, how have you gone about achieving that? What's your model been to achieving that penetration into the the ukrainian market there i mean are you looking at um you know what banks like um you know monzo and revolut and apps such as you know revolut are doing in the uk and other apps in in the europe um are doing and, and sort of looking that at those um, models or is there really a different model that you've carved yourself out in the ukraine so I think, of course, we we've uh, looking around and we noticing what other people do on other markets and uh, Revolut and Monzo being one of the examples. But also we are looking at a new bank in Brazil or Tinkoff in Russia. So it's uh, uh, it's interesting. Market is developing. Of course, you want to be on the edge. You want to be uh, uh, on this forefront of, of innovation. But I would say that. We're still doing things differently, especially compared to uh, the to new banks uh, here in UK. And the reason for that is just a different uh, market conditions. Uh, Ukraine, unfortunately, don't have such developed investment market, so it's it's impossible to not be profitable for five years and just relying on raising next round to fund your operation and fund your expansion. So you have to think of sustainable business model from day one. So that's why we, we were focusing on, on lending products as a, as a main, uh, as a main source of income for, for, for banks. And because of that, because of that focus, we've uh, managed to break even. Uh, just on the month 15 after we issued the first card and we profitable ever since ever since in Ukraine. And I think that's uh, the main difference between us and new banks in Europe, which are 
can afford to not be profitable for a much longer period. So obviously that 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 funding element is, is quite interesting there because you, you mentioned something there which is particularly interesting and, and a great achievement in, in turning a profit on, on month 15 after issuing the the first card. So I mean in, in terms of the funding that's something that I want to focus on because I, I first came across and, and, and really got in involved in sort of looking at what's happening in Ukraine and the technology uh, industry at Web Summit a few, a few years ago. I met some people that are doing some really interesting things. So, um, you know, one of the things that they were saying to me at that time there was really, you know, the funding available for, for startups in, in Ukraine wasn't uh, what it was here in the, the UK and other areas of, of Europe. I mean, how's that developing um, and what does that environment look like, Misha, in terms of, you know, who's really sort of backing the the startups and, and the technology scene in uh, in the Ukraine? And, and how has that developed over the last few years? And how do you see it developing going forward? Well, things seem to getting better. I can say that. Uh, we have seen more companies from Ukraine that... Uh, getting investment from outside, from big funds. So, for instance, there is a uh, company called uh, Reface uh, that gets uh, uh, backed by Anderson Horowitz uh, half a year ago. That was the first investment from from fund of this caliber into Ukrainian company, I think. Uh, but it's still those... Um, Companies that got that that uh, getting the investment, they are focusing on the outside market, and I think this is just a testament of the market size uh, in Ukraine, which uh, in in money wise are much smaller than uh, markets in Europe or US. So for for Ukrainian founders who want to uh, to get investment from European or US fund, you better be focusing on those markets. And uh, and for, for those who are doing that, they, they are quite successful because there's a lot of talent in Ukraine and they can they can do really interesting stuff. So I mean, let's talk now, Misha, a little bit about the uh, you know fintech industry, technology in de- industry, um, startup industry. In, in Ukraine, I mean, what what are the main drivers there? I mean, what, what are you know some of the biggest focuses on in terms of you know what a business is setting out to, to do? Are these problems that are um, that they're setting out to solve that are in the Ukraine, or are they really sort of looking you know further overseas in terms of their solutions for the businesses and and the startups um, founded in Ukraine? are establishing it and also you know when looking at the ukraine compared to you know the 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 uk what do you see um as really the differences in in talent between the two countries and and how can what is happening in in the ukraine really help businesses and startups potentially here in the uk all right so i i could say that there there are two there, there are a couple of things that, that uh, Ukrainian founders and you know, startups are focusing on and a couple of predispositions that uh, shape that. So first, in a lot of industries, industries there is no um, legacy. 
and there is no uh, old technologies that you have to maintain, like for instance in banking. But because of the uh, the technical leap that uh, most of the countries in in uh, uh, Eastern Europe took, where before '90s there were like nothing in banking, and then we started with cards already. So we totally missed the part with current accounts and checking books and and, and all that sort of stuff that uh, now drags encumbers uh, uh, in, in UK market. So you have a lot of innovations that is possible because infrastructure is uh, built from ground up. Uh, so like Apple Pay, for instance, or, or contactless payments. In Ukraine, we have, uh, in Monobank, we have 95% of all transactions being contactless. And uh, out of this 95%, around 8% are done through Apple Google Pay, through by phone or other device. And those are numbers that are unheard of on, on any European market. So adoption of new technology uh, from consumer standpoint are much higher in, in Ukraine than I can see even here in UK especially if you will uh, drive 100 kilometers out of London. Uh, on the other hand, uh, as I said, uh, the main uh, opportunity for uh, for UK, Ukraine founders is to find the product niche or, the, or just a product that, and address it to outside market. So one of the good examples of that would be Grammarly. It's a company founded and built in Ukraine, which is which operate which address the uh, uh, universal problem of uh, uh, of grammar in, in in English. So, and they have a, a enormous market in both in in, in English speaking countries and also uh, on any other country where you have people who speak English as a foreign language. So. Uh, this is a, is a great example of, of uh, a product that was born in uh, Ukraine. And then you have, uh, for instance, TransferWise, which is WISE now, uh, which uh, at the beginning was developed in Ukraine as well. Uh, I don't know whether they still have the developing uh, arm uh, in Ukraine, but the first version of it was developed in Ukraine. So that, that's a, a very recent, actually, IPO here in London, very successful transfer wise, now known as, as WISE, initially developed in, in the Ukraine. So that's, that's a very interesting point there, Misha. I mean, in terms of businesses that are operating uh, in, in Ukraine, I mean, are you seeing, you know, talent that, you know, Ukrainian talent in terms of developers, um, you know, people working on the technology side? I mean, are they establishing and staying with businesses that are established in the Ukraine or, or you know, in the example there of, of WISE, are they seeing and, and are you seeing as, as a country people and companies, you know, such as WISE and, and, and other tech businesses going to the Ukraine and, and seeing the talent they've got there and then, you know, people relocating outside of uh, the Ukraine or, or is it something that they're, you're really starting to see a hub of, you know, businesses that have long-term operations on a technological basis that are being set up in Ukraine? Well, you know, uh, if, you, if you've if you asked that question, I don't know, four or five years ago, I would have answered that, yeah, all developers are looking for the job that will 
in the end uh, gives them ability to relocate to other country. But it's top. I think I think it shifted a couple of years ago. And at least from my perspective, it's still there are lots of people who want to relocate and who want to move to another country. But then I would say that I'm personally think that Ukraine is a great country to live. And because developers and engineers, because uh, it's like international, like no border type of job, they, they would, uh, they, they usually get paid a very competitive salary. Uh, so with their average earnings four or five times bigger than the average in Ukraine, they can they can have uh, much more comfortable life staying in Ukraine and moving to, to other country where cost of living would be much higher. So people start recognizing that and uh, uh, less people uh, want to, to move and just people are staying and, and living in Kiev or Lviv or Odessa, which are a great, great cities to live in. Perfect. Thank you very much, Misha. So, I mean, just to finish off now, I mean, in terms of you know, the, the reason why we're speaking, of course, is, is, is the you know FinTech Week and the, and the relationship between uh, the UK and, and Ukraine. I mean, what do you see the basis of this relationship being going forward? I mean, is it one that, you know, really is going to be that sort of situation there where businesses here in the UK are looking at Ukraine and thinking, great, there's a great talent pool there. We, we're going we're gonna to harness that. Or really, I mean, do you start to see it coming the other way where um, we could see, um, you know, entrepreneurs and founders in the Ukraine starting to really sort of move into, um, you know, the, the UK and, and harness what they have, um, you know, back, uh, you know, domestically? I mean, it, it, you know, that sort of relationship, where do you see the balance being going forward and how do you see that shifting? Oh, yeah. You know, I think it is one as a result of, of another. So it starts when UK companies uh, would use and tap into Ukrainian talent pool to fulfill their needs and, and to just uh, get them, introducing them to UK market and to UK regulation and to UK consumers. And then as a second stage, those exact people who a couple of years ago were outsourcing companies or just working in outsourcing companies for being in, in, in developing arm of, of UK company in Ukraine, they start to understand this market better and they start to create uh, new ideas, new products. And that's where the uh, flow starts to go in other way. And we'll see more of uh, Ukrainian founders doing businesses in UK or, or Europe or US or other countries that that now use Ukraine only for outsourcing. Fantastic. That that that's great. So that was Misha Rogalski, who is the co-founder of Monobank and the UK app Koto. Misha, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Jonathan. It was great. So just as a note for, for listeners, do check out the notes to this podcast because there will be a link through to the events that can be signed up to this coming Thursday as part of FinTech Week. So do check that out. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast 
are in no way investment advice and please remember all investment involves risk. 